You're listening to the Bride Chilla Podcast, helping bride chillas and groom chillas plan their wedding minus the bullshit, one podcast at a time. Hello, friends. Hello, friends. That made me sound like I was doing some sort of church sermon. Hello, my friends. Welcome. I am really excited to bring you this episode today because I am revisiting a topic, an episode that was my number four episode, the fourth episode I ever produced. This is now 172. So I have come a long way. You've come a long way. I don't know if you have listened to the entire back catalogue. Maybe you've just found me. Welcome. And uh, I I get asked a lot of questions. If you have never written to me or left me a voicemail, I welcome, I absolutely welcome your contribution to the show. And to be honest, you make the show. My podcast would not be nearly as interesting without the benefit and the injection of your energy, personality, voices and questions. And you have challenged me so much. Uh, this last year and a half that I've been producing this show. And I have been talking a lot recently. It just happens to be that I've received quite a number of questions about guest lists and RSVPs. And answering these questions made me go back and listen to episode four of this show a long, long time ago uh, when I produced an episode about the guest list. Now, I think listening to what I've said And this is actually, you know, with the benefit of hindsight and also the experience of listening to people's stories, hearing what you are puzzling about, hearing what concerns you. I suppose I've evolved a little bit and my opinions have evolved, but really listening back to this episode, the foundations are really exactly the same. I truly stand by why I started this podcast, and that was to give you a voice around this really big time in your life. And this show is not just about weddings. If you haven't figured that out by now, well, just think a little harder. You know, my real uh, output and what I really hope you get out of this is to be empowered to find your voice and really focus on what is good for you and your partner. And I know that the advice and information and support that I share can be transposed into so many different other aspects of your life. And I hope that your bride chilliness doesn't just end at your wedding. I hope bride chiller turns into normal person chiller. I've got to come up with a better one there. And, you know, you can carry on being a strong-willed person without being an asshole, basically. Another t-shirt on the list. (laughs) Anyway, look, that's my thoughts on this. I really wanted to revisit the guest list episode, play you a couple of my favorite moments, and also... Tap in and uh, go in deeper a little bit, again, with the benefit of hindsight, into some specific areas that I would like to share with you when it comes to the guest list and RSVP. So let's get into it. Every wedding decision you make revolves around this topic. Budget, venue, location and date all revolves around people who you want there to share this wonderful special day of yours. When it comes to the nitty-gritty of creating a guest list, it's often a bit of a chicken or the egg situation. Do you do the budget first and then work out how many people you can afford to actually invite to the wedding? Do you find a venue and then work back from there? Perhaps it's a venue that can only fit 50 people. The decision is made for you then. If you really want that venue, then 50 people it is. So before we get into the tactics of how to 
pick who's coming to your wedding, and it is tactics. I know this sounds like some sort of military operation, and some of you do treat your wedding like a military operation, if I do say so myself. When it comes to wedding planning, I am absolutely for going rogue, going completely off the book when it comes to rules, because it's your day. You can do whatever the bloody hell you want to do. But there is one area that I feel particularly strongly about in life in general, and that is manners. Because to be honest, manners are the foundation of society. Think about it. Without manners, it's really hard to coexist with other human beings. I live in London a city with many people who have no manners. Which is strange because you think of England and you think of hoity-toity people that are like, oh yes, posh this, oh, excuse me. But apparently that's only on Downton Abbey now. It seems that as well as being relatively grumpy, lots of people have forgotten basic manners. For example, uh, if you are on a public transport here, on the tube or on the bus, logic and manners say, hey, when the bus or train arrives, let the people off before you push past to get back on. But because there are a lot of a-holes around, they don't do that. And it really makes me angry. So when it comes to weddings, there are a few rules of etiquette that I would really love you to respect. Because as Countess Luann from The Real Housewives of New York says, if you don't have manners, what do you have? Here's what I'm talking about. When it comes to sending out save the date cards, which I know are really popular, if you are sending out a save the date package, magnet card, whatever you're doing, very creative, people are going all out in the save the date world, you must remember that That is actually a pre-invitation. It's the first time that your guests see your wedding theme. It's the first time that they go, oh, I'm being invited to this great event. How delightful. And one of the biggest social faux pas and manner issues that I have encountered is people getting really excited, creating the save the date list, sending it out, and then six months later when they actually come to doing the official wedding invitations, for some reason they either want to cut numbers or they decide they have not enough money and then they don't invite some of the people that they've sent the save the date card to the wedding. That is really bad. That is manners... 101, like that is going, I mean, it's, that's going to manners jail. You're going to look like a jerk if you do that. So before you do anything, before you create a save the date card and you get all excited because you do, you, you pick a venue and you really want to send this thing out and tell everyone about it, make sure you have finalized that guest list because you can't undo sending something like that. It's like sending an email to someone that you didn't mean to send or a text. We've all done it and then you regret it, but you can't take it back. So yes, get excited about planning the wedding and creating a save the date list, but always remember the save the date is an invitation. You can't reverse it. And if you do, again, you're going to jail. So the guest list, this is what I'm getting at here. The guest list is a pretty big decision that you and your partner have to make. And it would usually happen at the beginning of the wedding planning process. Before we talk about your wedding, I want to do a little bit of a, a bit of an imagination exercise with you. If you're on a bus, close your eyes. People will think you're weird. Uh, now, here it is. I want you to think about all of the weddings that you've attended or been invited to over the years. And just be honest with me. You don't have to tell anyone. Just tell Alicia. How many of those weddings do you feel like you were an obligation guest? I know it's harsh. It's a harsh, harsh question to ask, but... 
perhaps you went to a co-worker's wedding or your second cousin's wedding or someone from uni that you haven't seen for 10 years. And of course, they wanted you there, but perhaps you were on the B or C list and they invited you out of obligation. Now I'd like you to think of the last time that you saw that co-worker or you had dinner or drinks with your second cousin, not including Christmas, because again, that is an obligation holiday where we are forced to see family members that we perhaps don't want to see. Not all of us. I love my family. Or when did you last catch up with a uni friend, not including Facebook or Twitter? This has to be a one-on-one conversation. You have to have seen this person's face. And if you live far away, Skype's fine. That, that passes the test. Now remember the wedding day where you were that obligation guest. And by the way, I know there are some of you out there who are saying, I have never been an obligation guest because I am always on the A-list. Well, just wake up to yourself. Wake up to yourself, all right? We've all been obligation guests. I know it and you know it, okay? On said wedding day, how many minutes do you think you spent with the bride and groom? You drank a bit of their champagne. You gave them a bit of a wave maybe across the room. You might have had a quick catch up where the bride sort of squats next to the table and says, hello, what have you been doing the last 10 years? Oh, not much. Blah, 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 blah. This is what happens. And I don't want to send you on a little guilt trip here because this is not the purpose of this exercise, but you being a guest, me being a guest at these weddings probably cost the bride or groom or whoever was paying the bill about $150. That's £100 for all you Brits. So perhaps they were loaded. I mean, good for them if they're the sort of people that just invite a bunch of people to their wedding just so they can go, yeah, we had 490 people at our wedding. It was amazing. Then good. I'm glad you went and I hope you ate more than they paid for and you drank more than they paid for. However, a lot of people aren't like those people and really struggle when it comes to deciding who the hell should be at their wedding day without breaking up families and friendships and causing international incidents because so many fights and bad vibes and ill feelings come from this one decision. No pressure. So today's show is all about creating the ideal guest list for you, for your budget and for your venue. So in 20 years time, when you look back at the wedding photos, you feel good about it. You don't go, who is that? Who is that? I mean, she's very familiar, but I just can't place a name. I mean, is that someone you worked with? Oh, yeah. It was at that weird software company and you got along really well for a couple of years. When did you last see her? We don't want that. We want to avoid that weird peering at the photo moment in 20 years time. Now, granted, I will say there are many cultures and religions that do encourage inviting everyone that your family has ever met or known. So if that is you, then I encourage you to explore the options that you have. But if you are under obligation due to your cultural background and your parents and stuff, I'm not criticizing that situation. So after our little obligation guest exercise, I'm hoping that there are a few people on your list that you realize potentially are obligation guests. The one thing about being an obligation guest and knowing that you're an obligation guest is that you probably won't be that offended if you don't get invited. I know there were definitely weddings that I went to that I had a lovely time 
but I haven't seen the bride and groom since, except for liking a couple of Facebook posts. Is that friendship? I don't know. So a question I often get asked is, okay, my parents are contributing a large amount of money. Good on you. Thanks very much. And now my mum is acting like a door bitch at a wanky club. I don't need to tell you how weird parents can be. Because even the coolest parents can be weird. And they've got their own rules and their own way of deciding on things that doesn't often make sense to the kids. So if your parents or your in-laws are contributing money to your wedding and they're holding the guest list over your head saying they want all of their friends to come along, this is something I call guest list agenda. And that is your parents inviting people or putting the pressure on you to invite people that you're not directly connected with, that are their friends from work or your great aunt Nancy who you've never met or someone your dad went to uni with and they were invited to their kid's wedding so you have to now return the favour. The first thing you need to do is to ask them how important these extra guests that are attending are to them. Is it because they're trying to keep up with the Joneses? Do they want to show you off? Because you're fabulous, no doubt. That's great. But when Carol and Barry, your mum's friends from Bridge, end up showing up, who I might add, I bet your mum doesn't even really like Carol. She just is incredibly competitive with Carol and wants to say, hey, Carol, look at my kids. Beautiful wedding. Come along. It's going to cost you $300 to have Carol and Barry coming along to your wedding. So in this case, I would say, hey, mum, maybe we could send them a really schmushy photo and a special card and invite them perhaps to the ceremony only. I know that's controversial, but it's quite common. And you can show them how well we scrubbed up for the cost of a card and postage rather than 300 bucks, and therefore avoiding having virtual strangers at your wedding reception. There is no way that I could do this episode without playing this clip from Father of the Bride, one of my favourite wedding movies with Steve Martin trying to hack the guest list of his daughter's wedding. $250 ahead means for the four of us to attend this wedding in our own home will cost $1,000. Therefore, we are not getting up from this table until we cut this list down to the bare minimum. All right, let's start eliminating. Now, now here's somebody, your cousin Betsy, the poet-waitress picture-framer. We can't cut family. They know about the wedding. All right, what about Harry Kirby? We haven't seen him in ages. Uh, I don't know. Didn't Harry Kirby die last year? Yes, good. Oh, uh, sorry. If you've never seen it or you want to watch it again, it's on Netflix, Father of the Bride. Which brings us very succinctly to family, like Diane Keaton said in that clip. We can't not invite her. She's family. Well, that is not true in my books. If you have a large family, perhaps with a large extended family, cousins and second cousins, it's perfectly reasonable to leave them off the list. If they live over the other side of the country and have never met your fiancé, if you don't know their children's names... And that goes with friends as well that you haven't seen for years. If, if you can't name their children, then I would say perhaps catch up next time you're both in the same city and not at your wedding. I think Facebook's made wedding planning easier and harder at the same time. It reunites people with friends from school and college and university. It makes you feel connected with people on a level that... Our parents probably wouldn't have felt with their 
former friends and classmates because once they went their separate ways, until it came time for their 20-year reunion when everyone had a point to make because they hadn't seen these people in 20 years and they'd fested over all the high school rivalries and all the hot girls inevitably were not hot at the 20-year reunion. Can I just say that? That all the sexy people from high school are not sexy anymore. Thank you, Facebook. Oh, it just makes you feel good. All the people that were like the hot stuff, they're the ones that never really succeeded. I know I'm not the first ones to say that, but definitely from my past, it's uh, pretty satisfying. Vindictive much, Alicia? I hope not. But Facebook can provide us with a bit of a problem when it comes to connecting with people on the interwebs, people from our past, and somehow feeling obliged. Now we've made these connections with them. We've rekindled a friendship on Facebook. We feel like, oh, they should come to our wedding because I knew them 15 years ago. The best advice that Rich and I were given when we were planning our wedding and struggling with these very same decisions was from my friend Lawrence. And he said, Alicia, your guests should always be a part of your future, not just a part of your past. And when you break that down, he was completely correct. There are lots of people that I can think of that were wonderful parts of my past and are still in my life that we didn't include on the list because they lived overseas or interstate and they hadn't really met Rich or spent time with us as a couple. That perhaps we knew them separately and they were friends with uh, us when we were with our ex-partners. Again, that's something that you've got to deal with. We've all had, or most of us have probably had other relationships. Do you invite people that are connected to that other relationship? Sometimes, often not. I had a girlfriend ask me recently, Alicia, I'm really good friends with my ex. And she was, she is really good friends with her ex and they get along really well. But she was torn as to whether to invite him to the wedding. Now, my initial instincts, and I think they're correct, please contact me if you don't agree with me. My instincts are, no, I don't think this person, as much as they're a part of your life and in your friendship group, really should be at your wedding. Perhaps you're like Bruce Willis and Demi Moore and you all hang out together and you chill and you've got the best relationship, then yeah, do it. But I can't help but thinking your current partner and the ex, I don't know, there's probably some ambiguity there. One of them's got to feel a little off about it. I would say just back off on inviting the ex and use the seat for someone else, probably one of your mum's bridge partners, I reckon. I've so enjoyed listening back to this episode and re-editing a bit, taking out some of my um, longer stories. It's funny, you know, doing this for a year, you get a bit tighter, you get a bit brighter, you know what you're doing a bit more. But I still feel the ethos of what I sort of say in this episode and uh, how I really believe that you should follow what I'm saying and be really strong with who you invite and who you wish to be a part of this day still stands 100%. There's nothing that I've said that I don't really still say, and I'm sure that things that I'm saying now, if you haven't gone back and listened to this episode, are totally relevant, and you're like, yeah, Alicia still says that. This is exactly what she's on about. So it's great to sort of go back, reinforce what I feel for my own sake as well, um, and also be able to be strong in encouraging you to do this. I want to reiterate, and I, I know there's more to play and there's more to say, Uh, with this episode but I really want to reiterate that even if you're having 
a wedding with 150 people or 500 people, there are still people that you can think of, I'm sure, that don't really have any importance in your life or any, like, I don't want to say value because that's probably a bit harsh, but I'm sure there are people on your list that you can sort of say, I'm inviting them because it's easier to invite them than to not invite them. Well, I encourage you to go back now if you haven't already sent the invitations. Look, if you've sent the invitations, the time has come. You're just hoping that they're going to say no, basically. That's the only stage you're at. You can't uninvite people unless they're complete assholes and they've done something really bad. That's probably for another time. I would say that's probably worth a voice message. If someone has really wronged you and you want to uninvite them, that's the story I want to hear. I know we all want to hear it, and I'm sorry you're in that situation, but let's share it with all of the bride chillers and groom chillers out there because I know we would appreciate hearing your story and I'd like to give an opinion on it. So saying that, I'm going to carry on with the show. There will be an extra bit at the end that I'm uh, going to add to this episode about RSVP responses. So stick around. Even if you've heard this episode before, I don't think it hurts just to go back and listen to a bit of this. Maybe you've already sent your invitations. That is fine. I get it. But stick around uh, towards the end to hear about RSVPs and also thanking people. We always forget this part of the wedding planning. You get really excited with the actual wedding planning, sending out the invitations, doing all your spreadsheets. But it's really important that you make a note. And I say one of my big tips is to pre-order those thank you cards even bloody address them. Make it one of your wedding planning activities to do before you're even doing all your other shit is to address some envelopes or envelopes, depending where you are, tomato, tomato, and uh, get that stuff done because it's boring after the wedding. Some people really enjoy it. I'm going to, that's, that's the truth. Some people go, I can't wait to do my thank you cards. Oh, I was like, oh fuck, that's a bore. And I was grateful. Don't get me wrong. I wasn't not thankful. But we just come back to the honeymoon. We were trying to, you know, get back into our real life, air quotes. And then you're like, oh, man, we've got to write 50 cards. And, you know, you just got to do it. But I do think it's important to pre-plan. Make sure you have a card. Make sure you've got it all ready because so many people put it off and it becomes a little sloppy jalopy when you're sending it three or four months later. I think it's a bit rude. All right, back to the show. I mean, the other show. We're obviously in the show right now. This is silly. I just mean the best of bits. Shh, Alicia. If you're having a small wedding and you can't stretch the numbers, even if your second cousin or the groom's best friend has met someone that they said, this is the one, she's the one, and you've never met her or him, let them have their third date at a restaurant, not at your wedding. My final piece of advice on the guest list I think is the most important piece of information I can give you, and that is you don't want to have anyone at your wedding that you have to pretend to be happy to see. I'm a great believer in living an authentic life and not having to see people that give you the irks any day. But the wedding day is the one day that I want you to remember you shouldn't have to fake smile once. So if there is someone that you feel is an obligation guest that you really don't like or that makes you feel a bit funny in the tummy in a bad way, then leave them off. For the love of God, leave them off the list. You don't want to have to go, hi, so good to see you. And deep down inside go, I really resent you and I don't want you here, but I have to because you're an obligation guest. Grow some balls, man up, whatever the term is, and get rid of them. I know it's going to cause some some strife, but I'm saying this is the day where you go, I don't want you there. I don't really like you. We don't really get along. We pretend to be friends, but we're not. Forget about them. 
It could also be a really good way to clear them from your life because I think you shouldn't really have those people in your life anyway. So before you do anything, before you book anything, sit down together with your partner because you're on a team together. Remember that you are the team and go through the pros and cons, who you want there. Fight it out. Get it out in the open. Why don't you want Auntie Crazy Auntie Val there? Well, because she's crazy. But maybe you have to have her there because she's your mum's favorite person in the whole world and she's also your godmother. I don't know. Don't rush it. Go with the flow. Don't disregard your budget. And also remember my piece of golden advice. The guests should be a part of your future and not necessarily just a part of your past. And if anyone's being a jerk about not being invited, send them my way. Let them listen to this episode and they might understand. And to be honest, listening back to myself and my own advice, I would say that the people that are jerks and have problems if they aren't invited to your wedding perhaps aren't the best friends or don't have an understanding or perhaps are the obligation guests if they don't get it or aren't willing to see your perspective, then I think that they are maybe the good of friends that they think they are. That's just another point that I want to add, uh, listening back to what I was just saying in the past. I'm now in the future. This is future Alicia or current Alicia, not future Alicia, because that would make no sense. I did say that I wanted to talk a little bit about RSVPs. And one question I've been receiving a lot on the voicemails and emails uh, now, currently, is about when you should be starting to poke people politely and saying, hello, are you coming to the wedding or not? I've sent you a lovely document. I've taken a lot of time making this beautiful document with lots of things stuck on it in a special envelope that cost me more money than it should have. Why didn't you write back to me? And a lot of you, I think, are very organized. I know many brides and grooms, grooms and grooms, brides and brides, put pre-addressed envelopes, stamps, postcards within the card itself so they can just post it back. I know I'm a big fan of saying, look, would you like to RSVP online? Because all it takes is one click of the button. My big advice to you is if you know you've got a bunch of people who are very tech savvy, not even tech savvy, fuck, I mean people that can send an email, then perhaps create a wedding website. Now, this doesn't have to mean that you are going to be reprogramming the bloody sun. Squarespace, one of my sponsors, have a great template system. They're not paying me to say this. I'm just saying they're a really good system where you can create like a drag and drop website in literally five minutes. Rich and I did one last year when they were sponsoring the show and it really took us five minutes to make it look pretty. And then we added an RSVP section and then it goes back to a spreadsheet. It's all very clever. Now, there are lots of other companies. There are lots of other like Google Docs and stuff that you can attach to these. I'm just saying if you make things easy for people, even though I mean, look, literally, between you and I, how fucking hard is it to tick a box saying yes or no and then pop it in a post box? But I say that so many people don't do that. They've got a problem. They are going to go to the post I never go to post a post box, which is lies. They're just lazy. And I know we shouldn't be pandering to super laziness with people, but to be honest, I think that at the moment, if you can get an online RSVP where you literally click a button, then maybe it will happen quicker. I would love your feedback on that. I would love to hear people who are currently going through this stage of the wedding planning process. Are you using an online portal? Are you going old school paper only? Are you using a program like Appy Couple? I know Belinda and Luke, who you're going to be hearing from, Uh, in the next couple of weeks, 
I'm currently on holiday with them right now. I know that's not possible. I'm recording this last week because we're in Iceland as I speak. There it is. We're on holiday with my cousin Belinda and Luke, and they are um, getting married in November, and they are using Appy Couple exclusively for all of their wedding information. It's great. They're having a destination wedding in Hawaii, and what works really well for this is that they have had all online RSVPs. They're putting all the uh, the accommodation info, the barbecue, they're having a party the next day. All of that information is in one app that I have installed on my iPhone, and I can check updates. When I get together, I know I'm going to be taking my microphone. This is weird because it's happening right now. I'll be there doing it as I speak. This is like a time machine. I'm going to be interviewing Belinda and Luke on their wedding planning process. I know they haven't had a fabulous time with a couple of aspects of the planning. They've had a slacker wedding planner, which I'm morbidly fascinated with because I'm a big believer in uh, and promoter of wedding planners, hiring wedding planners, and they haven't had a great experience. And uh, also Belinda got the jack around with her wedding dress. The supplier sold it and basically said, oh, sorry, I sold it already, even though she had paid for it. It's pretty fucked up. Really looking forward to hearing that story, though. And I know uh, you're going to enjoy Belinda's company and Luke's company. They're both gorgeous. And Belinda is a classic McCormack. You'll hear the, you'll hear the similarities. We uh, love each other very much. So I'm really looking forward to bringing you an episode and also hearing about their technology updates because they seem to be doing it all very online. It seems quite a modern wedding. But, uh, you know, they they have had success with the RSVPs because literally you have to just click a button on the app and it's done. No more thinking. I think it's very important that you communicate with your guests if they are being slack as, very Australian term here, and not replying or not giving you the answers, I don't think it's rude to follow up. I really am a true believer of communication and also using the very old school tactic of the guilt trip. And I don't think it's rude to be able to say, listen, the RSVPs were due two weeks ago. I just want to know if you're coming or not. It's not rude. I think if you are bitchy and weird about it, it is rude. So I want you to put your bride chiller and groom chiller hats on when you were thinking and you're aggravated and annoyed because I know it's frustrating. You just want to lock shit in. But I want you to take some deep breaths. Let's all do it together. Ah, Was that weird? Ah, Should be in through the nose, out through the mouth. Yogic breathing. Thank you. Not get angry. Just to remember that other people have other lives. They've got shit going on in their lives also. But saying that, and I just want to just counter back and say, your wedding is not the number one priority, soz. It's my priority. I know you just want you to know your wedding is my number one priority, but your friends may have other things going on. So when and if you do have to contact them for a little RSVP prompt, don't be a prick about it. Be polite, but be forward and just say, look, we are struggling here. We are trying to lock some numbers in because we have to pay some monies. Maybe don't even mention the monies. Just say we are trying to finish, finalize our guest list. And also, if you have a B list and you want to send stuff out, you need to get onto that. Please, can you respond? I don't think that's impolite. Is impolite a word? Can't remember. I know a lot of etiquette experts say, no, it's very rude to prompt people. But fuck that. Seriously, you got to get shit done. And that's my belief. On Thursday's episode of the show, my husband Rich is joining me. And it's a funny episode. Like, I giggled a lot, like a little teenage girl, and not in a creepy way. 
Uh, we really had fun recording this. We've been recording quite a lot of our new podcast and we'll be announcing the name and details of that very soon. Just waiting on some graphic design and other details, to be honest. That's where we're at. We know what it is. We know what it's called. Got to lock all this stuff in, but it's coming. I promise. If you haven't subscribed to the Save the Date Wedding Podcast newsletter, I promise it's not spammy or shit. It's uh, one way that you can receive my book, The Guide to Getting Hitched. This is a book I wrote a couple of years ago. It's a proper book, not a crappy pretend book. It's a, well, I don't know what that really means. It's a book that I wrote that was a hardcover book that was sold in shops. And I was given, the publisher gave me the ebook rights. And to be honest, I had it on Amazon. People were buying it. And then I thought, what is something I can give to you that really sums up what I believe in, and that's the book. So I am now giving it away for free. I am, amongst other things, trying to write my second book, Bride Chiller, which eventually will come, and so is Christmas. I've got a lot on my plate, but I am very happy to be giving that away. If you would like to receive it, visit guidetogettinghitch.com, and that is where you can grab your free copy, join the newsletter, and that is where I communicate with you, and I can let you know when the new project's coming give you links and also lots of downloads and free things. Lots of actually, I get sent all this sort of discount stuff and it's hard for me to communicate it always in the podcast. I don't want to read out discount codes because that's boring. It's really boring. But I like to share this stuff with you. So if you want to get involved, subscribe. And I won't feel sorry or sad if you unsubscribe post-wedding, but do stick around for a couple of weeks slash months until I announce, we announce the new podcast and uh, get involved because I know you're going to love it. We are having such fun recording it. It's going to be weekly. It's all about relationships. The wonderful Dr. Lindsay Beera, who we had so much amazing feedback from. She did the two episodes recently on psychology and mental health, anxiety, how to de-stress. And she's going to join us every week to uh, communicate, to be part of the show and communicate some really good, easy-to-use solutions to relationship issues, helping you ease communication problems, and just improve your general relationship status, which I think is a good thing. Even if you're in a smashing relationship, you can always one-up it. That's my true belief. Hope you're having a cracking week. Really looking forward to sharing Thursday's episode with you. We would call that very daggy in Australia. What a dag I am. I am delighted to see so many new people joining the Bride Chiller crew. If you want to get involved and you have a theme or an episode or something I haven't covered, I'm rejoining, I'm revisiting the guest list stuff. I can't speak today. I'm, not having a I'm possibly having a stroke. Call an ambulance. Um, I revisited the guest list RSVP episode because you guys keep asking questions about it. So it's really good for me to hear, get feedback I'm very much focusing on voice messages. You might have heard me say this before, but we have been receiving so many wonderful voice messages. I don't want you to think if you don't feel comfortable recording a voice message that I won't read your email, but I'm going to be honest with you. If you send me a big, long five paragraph email, I'm grateful, but also I'm probably not going to read the whole thing out on the on the podcast. You might be going, oh, look at this bitch. She's changed her attitude, but I'm just trying to make this a really dynamic fast-moving, interesting podcast. And I think me reading out pages of emails, it's just not as fun. So 
I'm going to ask you if you have sent a long email and it's really important for you to have your question answered. Not even a long email. If you've sent an email, but you feel like you could actually leave me a voice message, what I'd love you to do is when you leave a voice message, say in the voice message, and I can cut this out, Alicia, I sent you an email, but I'm replacing it with a voice message and I will bump you to the top of the list. Look at that. You can skip the line. There you go. Big breaths, deep breaths, yogic breaths. Enjoy your week. Let's talk again soon. I mean, soon as in Thursday and Friday. I love you all so much and thank you for your support and uh, really happy that we can share this time together. Until Thursday, happy days. The Bride Chillum Podcast, telling chair covers to get fucked since 2014.